What's up, what's up, what's up, everybody? Welcome to the Why Jesus podcast, answering life's most important question. We are on episode 16. 16, wow. Uh, I'm really excited for our guest today. This is somebody that um, I recently discovered on YouTube, and he has one of the most interesting channels. One of my favorite things about him is his sense of humor. So we are here with Anthony Karai Jr. What's up, brother? How are you? There we you? go. You got it. Good job, John. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, people can do it. <laughs> I saw at the beginning of your videos, uh, you know, I got a problem here, and then it just says like Karai, right? <laughs> so yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, let me not mess this up. But how are you doing, man? I am doing great. I am in my hot sweaty garage so i'm sweating but other than that i'm doing good bro i i'm in the living room in uh in my house in puerto rico we just got this house and we have not yet fully air conditioned the place so you know we got air conditioning in there air conditioning <laughs> there but uh, i got this fan on me right here i had to put this thing on top of the mic so it doesn't sound like the whole entire yeah, yeah, time yeah, yeah, yeah. um but i i feel you right i i'll be i'll be mid recording and be like this yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's ridiculous. It's like we're in a sauna. That's a good idea for a podcast, just being in a sauna. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> That's yeah. What we're doing. Psalms in the sauna. That's, uh, That's good. Yeah, someone yeah. Someone should train like that. We'll, we'll take it and run. By someone like one of us uh, should trademark that. <laughs> but anyway, man, so let's just jump right into to your testimony. Uh, I, yeah. I watched a video of you sharing your testimony. You know, you grew up in the church and uh, you, you kind of decided to make this walk early in life. I'm the opposite. Uh, I'm 38 now, man. Uh, I'm 38 now, but I didn't start my walk with Christ until uh, 28. And when I first started, it wasn't really a walk. It was like a stumble with Christ. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm, I'm always interested to hear from people who have grown up in the church. Mm. Yeah, um, that's crazy because I feel like, you know, it's crazy you're asking me to share my testimony because for the longest time, I felt like I never had a testimony because of that reason, right? Like, I wasn't this crazy guy going, like, I loved youth group. I loved church. I I got saved at VBS. I mean, it doesn't get any more American Christian than that. <laughs> that, is, like, that is the most <laughs> American Christian story ever. My wife, uh, <laughs> my wife yeah, did, did, did the VBS prayer, last time. I got time. baptized early, like... Yeah, and so, but all that was legitimate. Like, I really, like, yeah. Um, I, I realized, like, I was wrong. I was a sinner, and that Jesus loved me, and he paid my penalty on the cross and rose again. Like, I got it. Um, now, obviously, how that played itself out um, is a lot different. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I'll just dive right in. I'll share. We could go talk about whatever, but my, uh, my story is kind of, like that, I grew up in the church. Uh, I grew up with parents who um, kind of were born. My dad was born in Brooklyn, New York. My mom lived on Long Island, New York, and uh, they met in the wedding band business. They were doing wedding bands back in New York City in the '90s, and they fell in love with Jesus. Um, well, they they weren't they were Catholic, kind of just cultural Catholics, uh, but then they met Jesus later on in life, and they kind of got married together, and then they had me. So I kind of grew up in a following parents who followed jesus um i remember my dad one of the first things he taught me was like the trinity and tried to explain that to me when i was super young and so i grew up in a household where it's not perfect but looking back was very blessed like i was 
I do not deserve the amazing parents that I have. And so um, growing up in church, growing up at all these things, you just kind of have this sense that God's going to do amazing things in your life. And ever since, honestly, middle school and high school, I just felt like God wanted me to be in ministry. And I remember high school dreaming about my friends getting saved. I was so growing up in New York, in New York, not the Bible Belt, uh, Long Island, New York. There's not a lot of Christians. And if they are Christians, <laughs> they're weirdos. And so um, uh, hopefully none of my people are listening from New York. You're fine. if you're I, used, I used to be a New York Christian. Now I'm a Puerto Rican Christian. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And so it's just the, the ones that are seriously following Jesus, they're far and few between. Um, and so I remember graduating in my high school, three out of 500 people, I can say like, okay, these guys were serious. We were called a God squad back in high school. And so with that, I just had a sense that man, like I want people to know this Jesus because at the time it was basic. It wasn't anything crazy, but it was just like, man, I'm experiencing life. I'm experiencing like good things. And like, I don't need to get drunk to have fun. I don't need a party. I don't need to do all these things to get high. Um, it's kind of on a Jesus high for a lot of it. And so, um, but with that, I wanted other people to experience Jesus. And so I felt like I was calling me into ministry, but a lot of people over me didn't think so. Um, a lot of people, including my parents, actually, because they were just like, yeah, you know what? Like, just kind of go to college. My parents are super wise with their money. So they're just like, hey, go to community college. Don't spend a boatload of money on a Bible degree that you're going to not use anyway. Like, just go to uh, community college, figure out your life. And so with that, though, I was so distraught because I was like, no, I want to be in ministry. I want to make an impact for Jesus. Um, so with that, led me to go to community college with that. I was like, OK, I got to figure out my life. And one of the things um, I kind of pursued at that time was um, just kind of making music. And so I grew up in a musical household. Like I said, my parents met in wedding bands. And so my dad was a music teacher. My mom could sing. I could play a lot of different instruments and I used to make music like beats um, with garage bands and just all the time as just like fun side projects. I would make remixes of Andy Minio and Lecrae, like EDM dubstep. I thought I was like Skrillex and I thought I was like the coolest thing ever. And so Bro, um, I'm sorry, I, I got to I got to pause you right there. Dubstep was life for a brief <laughs> moment. Like it, it was life for a brief moment. Yeah. Yeah, dude, I was just so like blown away on how these dudes made music. And so I wanted to do that in like the Christian sense. And so it was so bad. Look, you could still find it on SoundCloud. They're just so bad. But um, with that, though, I was doing all those reps. And um, at that time, I was at like a young adult kind of church service. And I met this friend, one of my friends, and he's still a good friend. Um, and we kind of just kind of hit it off. And I was the producer. He was kind of like the rapper singer type guy. And so we kind of were like the Macklemore, Ryan Lewis of the day for us. And we just clicked and everyone was like, man, you guys are really good together and you guys sound good. Um, and so we kind of made our own little projects together. Distant. He went to like Bible school. I was still on Long Island. And we made our first EP in 2017. And that kind of just uh, people started sharing that. And that kind of EP started opening up some more doors and I'm meeting people that I'm like, oh my gosh, I used to love you. Now that kept leading to different, all these different things. And for the first time in my life, I was getting validated for something like people loved what I did. And 
I never got that in ministry. So I was like, all right, I guess this is what I'm supposed to do. But um, I felt like something was out of place. I felt like I wasn't doing what I was supposed to be doing, but I don't even think that was the right vocabulary at the time. Um, but all of a sudden it, we were playing in front of thousands of people at these conferences in the Christian sphere, opening up for guys like Lecrae and Andy Minio, who when I was a little kid was making music remixes of them. And so all these things are happening. And then I felt like in 2019, um, a moment happened at my church that I was like still part-time at serving, leading teams, still like pastoral creative worship intern guy. Um, one night when I was preaching at that young adult service, I felt like God was like, Hey, I need you to leave and go into ministry. And I was like, come on, <laughs> like this is finally, I have a route. Finally, these, this whole path makes so much sense. I'm getting validated. This is like, could be my career. And then it's like, no, I want you to do this. And so that led to months of depression and anxiety, trying to figure that out. And I'm just a young 20 kid, trying 20 year old kid, trying to figure all this crap out and lots happen, lots happening. And so, yeah, in that 2019, um, I finished out the year of just touring and, and me and my friend, we kind of split and I was like ready to pursue ministry. And I'm like, all right, I'm going to do this. I'm going to make a difference. And I loved church, like growing up in the church. I loved church. I loved the model of church that I was a part of. I wanted to be a part of that. I wanted to build the biggest programs. I wanted to build the biggest worship teams and I want to build the most emotional moments. And I used to dream all the way back in high school to make these moments happen. And so I was like, finally, I get to do this. Um, 2020 comes, you know what happens, COVID. And so just to kind of speed things up a little bit, um, I'm looking for um, a just full-time ministry. I'm like, I'm in this, but churches don't pay a lot of money, especially on Long Island where it's super expensive to live. I want to get married. I have a beautiful girlfriend. I can't afford to live on Long Island, so I'm looking everywhere. Finally find this church that I'm a part of now. Literally the most random thing, I just sent my resume because I was like, okay, I like the website. It looks good. Um, crazy how I even get an interview. I get an interview. I'm connecting with the lead pastor or going soon to be lead pastor. And when I was here interviewing, I felt like God was like, this is your next step. It didn't make sense. Um, but I was like, all right, God, I'm going to trust you. So I trusted him and thinking I was like, all right, God, this is, doesn't really make sense. Um, but it makes sense financially and some things. And it seems like you're working this thing out. And then I get here. And so I moved 500 miles away from my friends, family, loved ones um, to start marriage, life, adulting, all apart from everyone we love and know and culture that we loved and known and to do this thing called ministry. And um, yeah. And so then that for now, over the last two years, I was like, okay, God, I'm going to do this. You're finally, this is like, we kind of see career moves or things in like certain stages where we progress and get like better at it, or we get more successful, more clout. And so I thought that was the next step. Like, all right, God, you did this in music. You're calling me into ministry. My ministry is going to explode now. I'm going to be like, who's Mike Todd? This is Anthony's Todd. Like this, like, <laughs> I wouldn't say that, but that's, that's how I felt. That's how yeah. I thought. And so, yeah. um, 
and by get here and everything is just not what I thought it was Every, internally. I'm like, this does, what am I doing? I fell in love with the system and this is stuff we can all talk about, but I just realized, um, just a weakness in the discipleship of the American church. And, um, I fell in love with a system that I don't love anymore. <laughs> and, um, and so for the last two years though, I went into a desert season and just trying to figure that all that out. And all my identity has been stripped away because my identity was in work. My identity wasn't in Jesus and following Jesus. You know, in early 20s, well, early 20s, late teenagers, my identity was in girls, just like any horny single Christian dude. Right. And so but once I got that, I was like, okay. Uh, you know, my identity was placed in work. And over the last two years, I've really seen how much my identity was wrapped up in ministry or any accumulation of things um, that I could do and numbers and all this stuff. And so, yeah, that's the kind of the journey I've been on. And that's kind of at least a part of my story. We could talk about a bunch of different things. And what I'm doing right now is I, the part of that whole, um, part of the last two years was well part of even before then it is like this symbol that i still have to like kind of fix and so that you could see but there's an xx symbol it's kind of been my logo and brands ever since music it was our kind of like mission to just show people the abundant life that jesus has and i wanted to do that through music but then i want to do that through ministry and now i kind of just it's still my ministry obviously but um wanting to do that through content and media and to just show people actually the abundant life Jesus has to offer. And it might be a lot different than uh, the big mega church model that maybe, or the, even just the Christian culture that a lot of us have bought into that there's something deep and worth diving into um, that the American Christianity doesn't really talk about a lot. So um, yeah, I mean, that's, that's kind of my story and I just want to show people the deep end of the pool and show people where abundant life is. So that's me in, I don't know, 10 minutes. So nice, nice. So, um, it's interesting that you, you know, I'm seeing a lot of parallels to my own life kind of, except I didn't, you know, move so far away from ministry, but you know, I got married and my wife wants to live in Puerto Rico. So we move away from everything you know she's from boston i'm from new york and we moved all the way out here and um it was different for missions or for like what why puerto rico there's a a whole bunch of different reasons uh one i hate winter uh that's uh (laughs) that's it but no my wife's family's out here so you know she wanted to be close to her family and uh i wanted to be far from winter so it worked out right Yeah, yeah 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 um but uh so but it it was difficult for a little bit because we were you know we were out here during covid and the whole island was pretty much shut down and i'm somebody who likes to be involved in church right like i I really do and out here one everybody speaks the all the churches are spanish churches so i'm like no hablo espanol right and uh (laughs) and it we were really thinking of like, hey, may, like maybe we can't do it out here. And a big reason for that was not being able to be involved in ministry and not being able to, you know, we were we were helping online with our church back home, but um, it's it's not the same. And then we finally found a church, and it was like when we found a church, it's like ah. So I'm interested 
in learning about when you moved all the way from New York, you left the bacon, egg, and cheeses. You know, <laughs> yeah, dude. <laughs> you left that, and that is—it's a difficult thing to do. I've done it, and, and no, you only understand if you've tried it. Like, yeah, yeah. You, you don't, are. you don't get it. I was telling a <laughs> side note, side note. We'll probably do a bunch of New York side notes. Um, I was telling um, the kids in my uh, youth group, right? Uh, we were talking about New York or whatever, and I was like, yeah, you know, Gino's Pizza in Yonkers is uh, is the best pizza that I've ever had, and they're like what's yonkers you know like they're they're yeah. they one of the kids his parents don't like to fly his parents don't like to take cruise ships so he's just like stuck in puerto rico and i'm like <laughs> man i i want to see if i could freeze this pizza and have it sent out here because these kids have yeah. no they have no idea guys anybody who's listening to this you have to go to new york and when you go to new york ask a new yorker where to get a, a bacon egg and cheese and yeah and a slice of pizza now don't ask somebody who moved to new york where to get yes. that stuff ask somebody who is from new york where to get that stuff you know yes so anyway you back can get bad pizza in new york you can get bad pizza in italy you it, it can happen yeah so. yep so let's let's bring it back all right bring it back oh i'm sorry i can talk no, about that all day yeah another side note chinese food in new york yeah, dude, it's un untouchable. There's good really Chinese is. food in Puerto Rico out here, though. Like there, there actually is. Okay. I was very surprised, okay. very. Because if you've ever, surprising. if you've ever had like Florida Chinese food, it's like. No, North yeah. Carolina Chinese, North Carolina anything. There's one good <laughs> pizzeria I found that's like, okay, this is good. How's but the bagels? Ah, yeah, oh, horrible. Yeah. I my my in-laws are staying with us right now. We have probably close to 20 bagels in my fridge my fridge nice. ain't that big we got 20 just all sealed up dude we hand them out we make a, we make a business we make a profit just yeah to north carolinians because they got no idea my but when they try it it's just they get it so my sister was living in uh in pittsburgh for a while and anytime my parents went to go visit her they they froze a whole bunch of bagels you know there's a bagel yeah. shop right by uh, our old house well my old house they still live in it um and, and you just these are things that you got to appreciate but anyway i'm sorry yeah. bring it back let's bring it back <laughs> so moving down to north carolina you know and you were expecting this and then you got there and it was this hmm. what was this right you know if, if you feel like diving into you know what you saw was missing and we're not trying to you know talk bad about a church or anything like that i don't know any anything about it um yeah, yeah, yeah. Let, let's talk about that if you can and then how did that make you feel moving from every like you move from everything to be like dang yeah um yeah that's why I like i say like the two analogies help so much because they're so deep one is like we got thrown into the deep end just in life in general like i just don't recommend i just don't in general and this might apply to maybe one percent of your audience but dude, i would not recommend moving to a new for a church position unless you know the culture and the church and the people there i i just wouldn't do it unless you really know the culture and the people really people because i went like looking back and i i wouldn't say it back then but i looked at church like an organization or a ceo or this business type thing and i was just like yeah i'll do what i love to do and 
the problem is though your ministry is about people <laughs> and if you, and i think for me growing up in new york long island new york not the city but close to the city very diverse um they think a lot differently than um rural north carolina and so um i figured i would like the bible belt i figured i would like a lot of these things that i'm like oh my gosh this is this is like ex this is kind of it like i i had this assumption that the south was killing it um and what i mean by when i said before weak discipleship is just when you just see church as just one a place you go to <laughs> and not a people that you live in community with or just a thing that you and then the thing you're building is just the building itself and how you can stack as many people in this building and when it's all about programs and when it's all about um numbers and attendance and giving and not disciples making disciples and communities on mission and not neighbor like because now i just see it's not an either or it's a both end like if i love the gathering but like if you're not living if you don't have a community that you're living in throughout the week with and i had that in new york i wouldn't have maybe called that church i had community in new york i had brothers and sisters that loved me and knew me but moving down it was that community was missing and a part of it was moving in general like i totally get it um but that community aspect and um was the biggest i think the thing that i was missing so and now um i would say 2023 and beyond which is only five months into 2023 been super super intentional and also i just god has placed people in my life right now that are thinking the same way i'm thinking and we're living in community community together which has been so fruitful and amazing so i mean that in a nutshell is how um why it's so hard <laughs> getting thrown in deep end here figure out marriage without community figure out being a leader in ministry and then also just like crap i don't know if i like this whole thing we're doing to begin with and because i just saw um yeah it wasn't actually people weren't i was creating moments instead of movement in people's lives so yeah that's i mean that's it in a nutshell for me you could you could quote that right there um creating moments instead of creating movements in people's lives that is a that's bars right there. Um, so what's interesting is, you know, people think of the Bible belt and uh, they forget that there's like other things on people's belts, you know, and <laughs> uh, it's, it's very political uh, uh, too. Politics is, is super mixed with Christianity. What, what I've noticed, you know, I'm, I'm not, this, we're painting with a broad brush right now. We know that there's a, that there's, that there's a lot of great, incredible churches in the Bible Belt, Bible believing, community building churches down there. We're painting with a broad brush, but I think yeah, yeah. people listening can understand that. Um, and uh, yeah, yeah, I don't know. You got to say that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I had to, I had to preface right yeah, even yeah, though yeah. preface comes first um, <laughs> you said it afterwards yeah yeah so the preface lasts it's like a star wars movie you know like it's yeah, just yeah, all, exactly. all over the place um so what's interesting is you know you're moving and it's like you you plug into to something that you think is going to be an actual community and then it's just a building and the fact that you move down there essentially for a position to work in the church 
what I've noticed is that the more involved that I get in church, the more I love being at church, right? The more um, I, I, I get to meet the leaders and hang out and, you know, work with the kids and all that stuff the more I fall in love with the church community and make friends and make friends with the kids and make friends with their parents. And, you know, it, it it's an actual community. So yeah, I, yeah. I could understand how frustrating it would be to like have this picture in your, in your head. And you're, you're somebody I gather as a big dreamer, big thinker, you know, you want to do big things for God. Uh, it, yeah, it's, yeah. it's obvious in your personality. Right. And then to get down there and, and just be like, dang, it's like uh, it's like seeing a postcard for something, you know, uh, where it's like beautiful beaches and everything, and it, it's it's a picture from how the resort looked 20 years ago, and you get there and it's it hasn't been maintained uh, yeah. at all. Yeah, and I I just want to be clear, it, it's not it's it's not like the people's fault. It's just the lies. I don't think lies is a good way to say it either. I'm trying to work out my vocabulary for this season, really. Um, you mean de de New Yorkify your, yeah. your vocabulary? Yeah, it's. I just had a picture of what things were going to look like, and it. I say delusional a lot, but that doesn't that doesn't land sometimes. Um, it's just I wanted things, and I uh, like. I, and no disrespect to anybody at Elevation, but like I wanted to be build my own elevation church. I wanted to build my own VU, but like with like really good teaching, I love passion city church. I love Ben Stewart. I think he's a phenomenal Bible teacher. Um, but I wanted to do that. And I want, cause I can, I can create a service. I can create an experience. Like I can have the band play the right chords at the right moment. And I can create the most emotional message you will ever. I just, that whole tailor of ministry where it's sunday centric i just was like that's not what jesus did at all yeah is <laughs> he lived in the community and uh, and it was a lot more of a lifestyle than just let's get people in the building so but that is just a culture of the church i was a part of and we're actually trying to change that culture so um and and because of the leadership and so it's not it's it and so kind of is like I was on this journey and now our church is on this journey. So, um, yeah, so it's, it's really no bashing anybody. And it's also, it's cause if it's all, you know, it's all, you know, too. Yeah. It's, um, but yeah. So it, it's, I'm glad that we're like talking about this while you're in your transition essentially while you're, you're in the mud and you're, you're in the grind season of trying to, to move things in the direction that you feel God is pulling you to go. And this is, uh, whenever I find myself in seasons like that, uh, when, I, when I'm out of them, I look back and I'm like, oh, that's why I went through that. You know, yeah, oh, yeah, that's, yeah. you know, because you learn so much through these, as you call them, like this desert season, you know. Yeah. You learn so much from it. And without that, we, we're not ready for the dreams mm -hmm. that we have you know we're not ready for uh you know i i talk to my wife about this all the time i'm like i'm like yeah i just want to be able to do more for god i want to be able to do this i want to do that not like god needs me to do things for him you know yeah, um, yeah, yeah. but but just it's what i love to do and yeah, yeah, yeah. there's a few seasons that we've went through and we're we're in one right now and it's like every every different 
dream or aspiration that I have when it comes to God and ministry, it's like there's always this this thing me and her have to go through before we reach the other side. Like we've went we've went through a lot of stuff coming out with this book, like a lot of stuff. Mm. And now that it's here, I look back, I'm like, wow, like we dropped a lot of money on it too. And I wanted to be cheap. I really did. <laughs> really wanted to be cheap. And every time that like I asked my formatter, I'm like, well, how much would that cost? And she was, she's anything she sent with uh, with more than one zero. I was like, uh, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. you know, we bit the bullet and did it anyway. And now I'm just so satisfied with the book. But you know, it it, it it's you can't be cheap with the things that uh, that you feel God is calling you to do. And if you're trying to do things like God, don't do no cheap stuff. You know, he just. <laughs> That's no, a bar right there. Yeah, like he don't do he <laughs> don't, do, don't ch- do no cheap stuff. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but so I'm saying that to say this: like we can't be cheap people, and I don't mean that in a financial sense. We can't be cheap theologically. We can't be cheap in our relationship yeah. with God. We can't be cheap in in the way that we move when it comes to you know things that He's pulling us to do. He can't have cheap people leading because cheap people are greedy right and and i don't as i said i don't mean this financially but just morally and and your character wise like having a cheap character how does a big dreamer like you or me think that god's going to use us if we have cheap character you know so we have to go through these seasons that we're going that that we go through yeah no i feel like i'm a totally different person than i was three years ago in 2020 when i was like moving stepping in like and I think that's the beauty of it, of the desert season. Like, he's going to mold you. If he did it with Jesus, he's going to do it with you. If you listen to the shepherd's voice. Um, but in Psalm 23, it's like he'll also lead you to quiet waters. And I've, I've experienced that. Like, having a very uh, anxious personality and fear-based personality, um, living out of fear. A lot of the things I've done growing up was just out of fear and anxiety. But in this desert season, I've learned to rest. I've learned to actually listen to the shepherd. And that's what Psalm 23 says. He'll make you lie down. And he's forced me to lie down. And so, I mean, that's just one aspect of this. So many other aspects of what I've learned through the season. And so I'm, I'm like thankful for it. It's, it's the hard, I, you should see how many times in my journal, (laughs) God, get me out of this freaking season. And that's like the PG version. I'm, <laughs> I'm raw. I'm New York in my journal. Okay. And it's, and that those seasons just exposed and got out all the stuff. And I'm, again, it's still a process and a journey. I'm still going to get exposed and still, God's still working things in me. But it's, it was definitely like, uh, in a, <laughs> like acceleration class getting thrown into this seasonal life because yeah like if it wasn't for my silence and solitude with god i dude i probably might not even be able to be here right now because i'd be filing filing divorce papers because my wife wouldn't want to be with me anymore because i cheated on her like that's how bad and that's how crazy those low dark depressing moments got but because of me believing that God gave life and life abundantly, even in the worst seasons. Um, now I could see why blessed are the poor in spirit. And so, yeah, and that's, it's, it sucks, but 
following Jesus is worth it when you realize that he cares more about your character than calling and, um, and just seeing the transformation that's happened. And I believe that will continue to happen. Um, it's pretty cool to see. So, and because, and it's all God's glory, his credit. Amen. I don't want to sound like a hero, but yeah. Yeah. Well, I appreciate your, your honesty and, uh, and, you know, being open, uh, to discuss, you know, seasons like this. I think that it's, it's needed, especially in, you know, the Christian content creation community. I think that's four C's right there, right? It's, it's <laughs> yeah, needed yeah. in the four C's. Uh, it sounds like yeah, a resort, yeah. right? Um, but, uh, it ain't no resort. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I, don't, I don't know what resort you're at, but I need, to, I need to switch resorts if you call this resort. So. But, uh, but so it's, it's just, I think that people need to be more open um, in, in discussing the struggles that they go through and discussing, um, you know, the ups and downs. That was one of the appeals actually to me with Christianity because I was in, I was in the business world when um when i was introduced to to the gospel and and to me being vulnerable i I was in first i was in the streets then i went from the streets to business both situations you can't show any like anything's wrong in your life you you just you just can't right you got to be tough even even if you talk about things that are going on in your life you can't be vulnerable right so one of the appeals of christianity to me was like wow these these people are they're talking about their actual problems with no problem talking about it. It blew my mind, <laughs> yeah. you know, it really yeah, blew yeah. my mind. Um, so let's switch gears. Let's get off this uh, depressing uh, wave <laughs> right here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I want to talk about, uh, you know, the sense of humor of your channel and uh, you looking for, I, I appreciate sarcasm. That's like one of my favorite things. And, you know, you, you're, <laughs> That's going back to the differences of North Carolina and New York, bro. Like, oh my goodness, no one gets my humor, or it's just too wacky and too weird. And like, yeah, it's it's definitely a New York Italian American thing. So yeah, my wife uh, did not understand my sarcasm for the longest time, um, <laughs> and uh, it was really bad. So w- me and my wife were friends before we started dating friends for a good three years right well at least i thought we were friends but she on the low hated me right so (laughs) one of the reasons she did not like me was my sarcasm like off right off the bat sometimes i'm sarcastic with people when i when i just meet them and i have learned to you know discipline that a little bit but um she did not like me did not like me at all but now I guess being with me in 24 seven, she hits me with sarcasm. And I'm like, what have I created here? Like this is Dude, savage that's a whole sarcasm. Tangent, bro. Yeah, that's a whole marriage tangent. You really become like the people you surround yourself with. Yeah, dude, that's, I'm lucky because my father-in-law is very wacky. And nice. he's got, he's wackier than some of the most, the people I met. So. I was lucky for her to, cause I, I was, I am nowhere near his level of wackiness. So, <laughs> um, it was, it was a good fit. So that's awesome. So let's talk about incorporating humor into Christian content because this is a, <laughs> a line that's difficult to walk, right? Especially, <laughs> especially your your kind of humor that that sarcastic. Like if people don't know you're joking, they'd be like, "Yo, is, is he serious?" 
right now yeah. and it's like you're just you're not serious at all so talk about incorporating yeah. that and and what made you say you know i'm just gonna i'm just gonna do this and i don't care if it upsets anybody yeah i think i haven't gotten as much pushback um i thought yeah I, i'm just surprised that it's resonated with so many people um because yeah it's just f over the last like few years now it's just like no one but i, I just know like that it's to me it's just one it was just a world i grew like new yorkers man it's just we're constantly like it's just the air you breathe and i and then leaving that air <laughs> it's like it's very and especially in the christian sphere um it's almost just almost sinful what i do to a lot of people and it's like <laughs> you can't you can't be saying that and your words you know, power is in the tongue and life and death's in the tongue. And you can't, you can't be joking around like that. And, um, and so honestly, like I just do it and I don't really care. And, um, because it's, it's just who I am. And there are times, yeah, when I probably say something, oh, I do it all the time with my wife, <laughs> but there's probably times, <laughs> you know, you should see the unedited videos i got <laughs> i should have like a that should be my patreon thing just you should like, you should see mine yelling at the neighbor's dogs bro it's like the second i hit record i don't i don't know what it is out here in puerto rico it's like a different it's obviously a different culture but like nobody tells their dog to shut up like no <laughs> nobody is like Cállate! like nobody does that yeah right yeah, so it's just the, they just bark and bark and bark and bark and bark and uh, man if if i had just left unedited i'd get a whole bunch of unsubscribers <laughs> yeah no i'll be subscribing I'll, I'll be going in your highest tier patreon if i knew that <laughs> you released that um yeah no i it's just it's not in the space and it's me and i'm gonna keep doing it there's gonna be videos where i'm just 100 percent joking um because i like sometimes i j also too i just if i don't know have anything really meaningful to say I'll just joke around with it because that's what I did growing up with my friends. We would look look at the news articles and just make fun of people. And so um, probably more like bad than good. Um, but yeah, it's just the culture I grew up in. We're constantly the people who I think are so funny. We're just so sarcastic and um, it's just who I am. And I, I, I've wrestled with it a lot. Like I've had trouble with that because it's christian youtube is not the nicest sometimes and it's very um it's, uh, yeah like i don't know how else to say it like yeah it's just not sarcasm doesn't land and so i've wrestled with that a lot um because i feel like i have to put on this persona sometimes but um got like just is seeing that it's such a missing space a missing thing in the space like i just want to have fun because i think humor comedy laughing it's medicine and it really does help get me out of this dark like one of the things i love to do on my sabbaths is i'll just watch clean like clean comedy and it's oh, nice. just some, something that i love to do i need to go out and like actually see comics more i wish i could do that more but i just love comedy and so i i'm a wannabe comedian uh, but yeah it's just it's just me so I don't, yeah. I don't, I don't, how do you, like, how do you process, I'm curious on your, like, how do you process sarcasm in the Christian 
world. So I just do it anyway, um, but <laughs> I'm cautious about what I do. Like I can go uh, Deadpool in under 30 seconds flat, like from zero to <laughs> zero to Deadpool. Um, so I've <laughs> I've learned to to not go full on Wolverine Origins um, and and just. Uh, calm it down a little bit but like i did a video in which uh, i read all of my comments uh all of my bad comments you know what people were talking bad about yeah. me i i did it in batman's voice and uh and bane's voice and so some people hated it like they they were like how could you make fun of people like this i'm like are you listening to what these people are saying to me like yeah, this is yeah, this is yeah. for my own mental uh like <laughs> yeah. you know for my mental capacity like my mental health i need to i need to address this yeah. stuff without uh you know going real deadpool on people um so <laughs> so let's let's talk about christian youtube right you know you have your plaque uh of um, hundred thousand subscribers. This is like the idol. This is the golden calf of uh, yeah. you know Christian YouTube. It right. definitely is, man. <laughs> right <laughs> here. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, it is a good accomplishment, regardless. Of, you know, and we're gonna get into the ins and outs of uh, you know, because we know a lot of um, Christian YouTubers pay attention to my page, your page, you know, aspiring Christian, uh, content creators. So we want to be real with you guys of, of what this actually looks like. You know, some people see you got a hundred thousand subscribers. They're like, Oh, this dude must be a millionaire or something like that. You know, like they, they yeah, don't yeah, have yeah. a, a concept of, of how this works. So let's talk about how you got to 100,000 subscribers and how you will do it how you will do it differently to get to your to your next 100,000 um yeah well i mean so this this is more towards the youtube i'm trying to make this somewhat pastoral and connected just but, turn it um, into a to a mega church sermon yeah. and <laughs> uh, you know, yeah we'll, we'll let it run i mean long story yeah long story short i saw a different um this is like coming back for even how I made music. I would listen to people that I like and try to make my own and try to, that's the best way to copy, steal. Um, uh, that's just what my dad taught me is just listen and then make it your own. That's why I loved remixing because I would take all these things and make it my own. And so uh, I, I was learning from guys like Ruslan, um, different people that I was like, okay, I want to do that. And so there was these shorts that were popping off on different other Christian content creators. And so I was like, okay, let me just copy that strategy for shorts. Like what's the, you know, like there were Christian shorts, like they were trends on TikTok. like I guess they're transferring over and I saw they got millions of views. So I was like, okay, just let's do it. You know, same sound, same everything. Um, <laughs> and so I did it and I started like, it was crazy bro for like a month well a week i went from one and so and it's funny too i don't know if you were around or if you knew my channel but i was trying to hit a thousand subscribers yeah i remember that i yeah. remember that i was trying to hit a thousand subscribers by the end of 2023 and so then all of a sudden within one week of me doing that i hit 10,000 subscribers i'm like okay something's wrong <laughs> like this is something's wrong and then <laughs> dude it like three weeks later i hit a hundred thousand subscribers and i'm like okay because i just went off i just did like two or three a day 
and it was like the crack in the YouTube algorithm. And and it, it, I really like I'm so mad at it because it was it was a crack cocaine for the algorithm, and it just spread all across the world and people were just hitting the subscribe button, but they never saw my content. And so for me, I really don't care about this at all. I, I care about the impact. I care about the community I'm building. Like, and I don't have that community yet. This, this, I, I like, I want to take it away and just until I really feel like I have that community that's worth a hundred thousand subscribers, then I'll probably put it back up. But, um, this is just to show people in videos like, yeah, this 150,000, because I get like 100, 200, 300, maybe a video that goes well, we'll hit 1,000 views a video. And so it's going back, I, my it was not ill intent. I was not out here trying to chase clout. I'm out here trying to make an impact. Like I've got millions of streams on my songs on Spotify. I don't give a freaking rat's butt about that stuff. Like I just care about impact. And, um, yeah the the those shorts that i did so going back um be wise on who you're copying in a sense or who you're learning from and who you're taking and making it your own that's another thing too like i i've also seen the space where people are just copying uh, a lot of other people and it's like i'm always trying to think of how can i make this my own how can i do something different how can i add me to the space and just be me and so that comes in with the comedy or just <laughs> comedy, just me just being a goofball, whatever. So, yeah, that's just some of that um, Christian content creator conversations. That Take notes, guys. Take notes. Um, yeah, the, the YouTube algorithm is, is crazy. I, I'm at a point now where I don't even try to figure it out. Like I'm just, I'm, <laughs> yeah, I'm, yeah, yeah. I'm done with it. It's like you're so interested in it and you're, you're looking at it like, like, all right, I'm going to figure you out. And it's like <laughs> yeah. a, it's, it's like a bad relationship, you know, like it, it's, um, it, it's like a, a woman pretending to be one day, one way, and then you get to know them and find out they're completely different. And then you get to know that different person and then find out that they're actually completely different. And then you find out they have schizophrenia. It's like a whole rabbit hole yeah. of like, I, I can't figure you out. I don't understand you. So now I'm just like my wife again, it's so good to have a good wife. She's like, John, it's, it's not about you make getting, you know, hundreds of thousands of views. If you get that, that's great. She's like, but every view is a person, you know, you, yeah, yeah, it, yeah. it's about the people who are watching your content. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. You write and I'm schmott for <laughs> marrying you, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, so it's it's good that, that you, that's another thing that you just learned from. Yeah, no, I definitely, I mean, the me the YouTube metrics I am to talk YouTube because I don't really talk a lot of YouTube with a lot of people. Um, the thing that I am looking at is just views to get, to be able to monetize again soon to appeal. Cause oh yeah, cause I got demonetized in the process too. Um, so yeah, how did you, what did they demonetize you for? Just cause a lot of the trends had songs in it that were, um, not authorized. It's annoying. Um, and so, so I got, the thing is I got the 10 million views to be monetized. And that's one of the reasons why I kind of just was like, ah, I stopped doing it. I'm going to let it, let be, just let me get the monetization and then I'll like leave this. But the problem is because I got monetized from these stupid things, mm. I got monetized. Um, 
So for me, I mean, because I just I recently had a son, and so congratulations. Kids are, yeah, thank kid you. Kid is kids absolutely adorable. Thank you. Gets it from his mother. Hundred um, <laughs> percent not me. And so yeah, I, kids are expensive. So I want I would enjoy the monetization because that's going straight into the bills we got to pay for them. So whenever I could do that, that'd be great. But but that's a that's literally the only met metric I'm really concerned about is that views and um and yeah, right now. So yeah, I remember when uh I was uh when I first started doing YouTube, I had this one video pop off, right? I there was a Derek Prince uh sermon that he did and i'm not like the hugest Derek prince fans i have my my issues with him but uh he did this one thing about not giving up right it was such a good sermon and one thing that i really liked about Derek prince was you when he preached a sermon you felt it he, like he his love came through the sermon right mm -hmm. and so I, I just clipped up this video from myself for me to listen to it and I sent it to some of my sales team as well just to like inspire them you know don't give up blah 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 biblical reasons not giving up yo and then all of a sudden I'm, I'm like getting emails about oh so this person just commented on this person so I sign into my YouTube and I'm like oh shoot this this video is blowing up it was like getting 11,000 views a day and it was long-form content and mm -hmm. I was like, wow, this is crazy. Long story short, I'm like, now I'm building my other content, right? And I'm just, I'm like, all right, cool. We a thousand hours away from getting monetized, getting really, really close. I get a copyright strike from Derek Prince Ministries. I was like, you know what? I knew I didn't like you guys. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I tried to reach out. Try. I was like, hey, you know, I'm, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a small YouTuber. You know, this video, I'm not. You can just just demonetize the video and take the ads from it bob they were like nope it's like dang man uh dang. so i went from being like a thousand hours away from monetization boom dropped all the way back to uh i had like 400 watch hours i was like yeah. but going back to what we spoke about earlier right about going through the season of where you have to learn something if that video would have just been carrying me I would not have doubled down on my own personal content creation mm -hmm. and yeah, like yeah. thugging it out and like me and my wife are just like looking at the arrow on the on the on the screen like all right oh, we only need this much more all right we only need this much more and yeah, yeah, uh yeah. when i finally got monetized i made like ten dollars i was like yes this is incredible oh my gosh yeah. this is amazing <laughs> yeah but yeah, yeah. i know the struggle i know the struggle yeah, I think that's like, I mean, when I had a child that like totally like, it's my only, the closest thing to like a Paul Saul, sorry, Saul the Paul moment um, where I was just radically like saw different, the world different. And I'm like, oh my goodness, I have to take care of this child. And like this child is, it, it will, well, and not that I will like, a lot of the stuff I already believed, I believed even more. So, um, yeah, so anytime that I can, you know, just for me freelancing for other people or just um, anything that I could do to make more money, I'm all about it now. Not for the sake of getting money so I could drive, but to provide for my family. Yes, yeah. <laughs> because to not be getting more expensive. I'm not making <laughs> a lot of money. My wife's a 
part-time Starbucks barista. So like, <laughs> that's that's what I mean, people. So yeah, yeah. To to not be a deadbeat dad. That's that's essentially it. To yes. be to be a good father, good husband, and provide. And I always tell yeah. people. Um, they think that I have an issue with selling stuff because I, I called out, you know, one of these guys uh, on YouTube for mostly for saying he doesn't make money from stuff that I know he's making money from. Um, but they thought that I was calling him out just for selling stuff. And I'm like, I think that more Christians should find ways to make money to do ministry full time. Like, I, I think yeah. that they should. And I see no no issues with making money off re ad revenue, making money off selling merch, making money off of any of that, right? Because if your goal is to get to a place where you can do more in helping people grow in their faith, do more in reaching people with the gospel, it's like people will want you slaving away at a job, uh, you know, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. You get no sleep just just so that way you know you can have a clean image of not selling anything like it the, yeah, yeah do you yeah. do you hear what you're saying guys you you yeah, mean yeah, you yeah. don't want your favorite youtuber to be able to do this full time like it's bananas <laughs> yeah, to me yeah, yeah yeah um yeah that whole like a lot of things about money have um been awakened in this time of like yeah no this is i gotta like i i'm a simple dude i have mainly black t-shirts in my I'm all about simplicity, um, but I, I'm not at the level yet of simplicity. <laughs> That's how much money I'm not making. So I'm trying to get to simplicity. Got, I got holes in this shirt. I don't know if you could tell. Yeah, yeah, I can see it. I can see it. Armpit. So, yeah, I'm just trying to get another shirt. That's what I'm doing. That's very, that's very North Carolina of you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Well, anyway, man, we're, we're approaching uh, being on here for an hour. Tell us about some things that you have coming up, and then we'll close this thing out. Yeah, um, thank you once again, John, for just having me on. Um, thankful for a New Yorker out here making a difference in the Christian online space. But you now, thank you for your channel and just your way to be making apologetics more um in sync with today's culture and the lies that a lot of people are believing also the church that's believing i cannot wait to get your book and start reading it because i'm actually been curious about all the law and attraction stuff that's one of the many pride like side study things i'm wanting to get into so I'm, I'm looking forward to that so thank you for uh your channel and your ministry um but yeah i've got like a secret project that i'm working on that i'm really really excited about that's gonna be like um like i don't know kind of my mini like a mini 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 documentary thing nice um very many just honestly a vlog really okay i'm just gonna say vlog but a vlog series um that i'm really excited about because it's gonna be talking about uh things that i've kind of been stirring up in my heart um so that is coming out but yeah i just i I have also too like a newsletter that's starting. I might as well promote it um, now. If you go on my channel in the description, you can find all the links to everything at Anthony Cry Jr. Um, newsletter. I'm coming out with an, like a free ebook soon. Nice. Um, you actually one of the people that inspired me to just actually finish a thing that I've been uh, installing for a while now. So wow. Nice. Um, yeah. So those are some things, and I just trying to come out with a video every single day just looking at culture and 
just pointing people back to the life that Jesus has to offer. So um, YouTube is where I'm most active in or Instagram at Anthony Cry Jr. So. Awesome. Well, when you get that ebook out, we'll hop back on and we'll uh, we'll talk about it. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Sweet. Right. Well, Anthony, thank you so much for being on here. Thank you for wearing a Mets hat. Uh, I know my brother and my stepmother would greatly appreciate that. Um, <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> thank you uh, for your channel. Thank you for your personality. And thank you for, you know, just following God's calling in your life and being willing to go through your desert moments so you can come out and do more. But uh, guys, make sure that you are subscribed to his channel. Find him on Instagram. Uh, you know, he's tagged in this uh in this video so just click the tag and you'll be taken to his uh to his youtube channel where you could find everything else anthony karai jr related right said it again correctly even after yeah, talking you, you for, a, for a whole hour but you really uh, don't have an excuse because you're from new york so yeah, I, I yeah. Don't. <laughs> uh, but anyway guys for everybody in the chat thank you so much for being here everybody that tuned in and if you have list if you were listening to this on you know spotify or apple you know the streaming stuff i, I forget all of them that we're on uh <laughs> if you're listening to that definitely subscribe to the why jesus network on youtube or to my channel or to both of them and definitely go subscribe to anthony's god bless i'll see you tomorrow we have we have an interview every every day this week at eight o'clock oh and tonight at 3 a.m est i'm gonna be doing a live because that's when the book goes live i'm doing a live because the book goes live uh but amazon gotta be on pacific time so it's waking me up at three in the morning but anyway really excited so if you're awake hop on god bless i'll see you on the next one see ya